Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Purple Mafia is available on the SportsLuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Today is the annual State of the Vikings show, the 2017 edition. That's right, we got ourselves a mega show here today. Three segments. First segment, we are going to put a bow on the 2016 season. We're going to review it, of course, in detail, all the way from all the drama starting out this season, the positivity coming in, the devastation, and then the increased positivity, the surprise positivity, and then, yeah, and then the worm turns dramatically and all that good stuff. You see offensive coordinator leave, you see injuries, you see... This, you see that. You see good, you see bad, you see ugly. The good, the bad, and the ugly. That's about the 2016 season, in a nutshell, I would have to say. Um, the Vikings finished 8-8, and eight, so I guess good, bad, and ugly all adds up to an 8-8 eight and eight season. Lots of disappointment in that sense. Second segment, we'll be talking about free agency and draft. Free agency and the draft. More, more of an angle into free agency, of course, because we're closer to that. Free agency starts very soon. Draft doesn't start until the end of April, so, you know, we'll hopefully have a draft preview. We'll have kind of a free agency and draft show coming up in March. Might as well get that information out there during the March Madness season, and hopefully Gopher Basketball is making a little move and Gopher Hockey hopefully gets to the Frozen Four, and we hope for the best at that point. Yep, yep, as the Wild also continue to play well until last night, I suppose, against the Chicago Blackhawks, right? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, that's one of those conversations. So... This show, of course, and then, of course, Fan Interaction, segment number three, you're going to hear voices from Martin and uh, Dave Martin and Sebastian Barton, the Martin and Barton show. Martin and Barton, kind of, yep, but then again, not on the same airwaves, maybe maybe one day, that would be kind of cool, Martin and Barton, Barton and Martin, Martin and Barton with Paladino Joey, huh, huh? <laughs> that would be kind of cool. But uh, then we will hear your most valuable player, biggest disappointment, biggest surprises. You will hear mine here in segment number one and all that good stuff when we wrap up the season. And we will wrap the show up with the stars of the year. They have been selected. They are written down already. And you can't see them yet. The stars of the year. So I hope you're listening. Doggone it. All of you out there that have been listening to the show all year, posting on the Facebook page and all that, you better be listening right now because you just might be one of the stars of the year. Because it's not going to be just three, even though there's three stars. There's going to be a couple of a, a duels out there. So just letting you know in that case. Yep, because I'm because I'm generous. And you know what? I don't like leaving anybody out. You guys are so awesome. So things starting all positive. We feel all good. 4-0 preseason, all that good stuff. You know, it's just all positive. Teddy Bridgewater held out early on because Mike Zimmer just didn't really feel confident putting him in there. Obviously, he had a sore. They call it training camp arm, all that. So, you just did not want to mess with it. Let the guy's arm heal. And, of course, the fan, the uh, the media questioning Zimmer, what's going on with uh, Teddy Bridgewater? And he just simply was like, it's my decision. It's my decision. And you saw a decline in the media relations for Mike Zimmer. Um, never necessarily a big media guy. He's not Bruce Boudreaux or anything. A little, little Bill Parcells-like. A lot more like Bill. Kind of more gruff. Kind of less uh, inviting to the media and all that. And I don't blame him because of uh, other reasons. But, no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just kind of kept, he just kind of got an attitude with the media. You saw a decline with that during the course of the season. Maybe you saw a decline with that with player relations as well, kind of in the midpoints and such where, uh, Mr. Zimmer kind of called his team soft and all that after the Eagles game. We'll get to that later. Uh, but a fun, positive preseason. Teddy Bridgewater's arm continuing to look stronger and stronger and, and the accuracy is what it is and you got the mobility and all that. He's not like he's not Michael Vick out there, but he's got the quickness and he can run for a first down and slide. Just a smart young guy, 
really exciting future for Teddy Bridgewater. We're all happy. We're all pleased, uh, you know, with the preseason performance and all that. Then you get Heineke, like the, the the dominoes start to fall. Heineke kicks in a door, breaks a bone in his foot while helping his friend move. That's smart. You get to see more of Joel Stave out there in that fourth game. Woo-hoo, that was fun to watch. Yeah, that was fun. And the quarterback dominoes continue to fall. Just in time, too. Just a really exciting feeling for us as we wrapped up the preseason on an August afternoon. This is an August afternoon, a Tuesday. We're all feeling good about things. We're, we're in, encouraged and all that. And all of a sudden I get the alert on my phone because I was at work, working second shift. Good for me, right? We're happy for me. Tuesday afternoon, beautiful, warm day. I can't remember if it was humid, maybe kind of moderately humid because August always is. Damn it, I hate August because of the humidity. But yeah, to the point, though, all of a sudden you hear, dun, 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 and you think, oh, well, it's probably nothing too big of a deal. I mean, it's August. I mean, eh, you know, free agency in the NBA and NHL has definitely slowed down. Maybe the Wild made a trade. Maybe we got uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You know, wouldn't that be fun? And then it says... Several trainers rushed to Teddy Bridgewater after an apparent injury. And it's like, that doesn't sound good. But hopefully he's okay. Hopefully it's just a little scare. Uh, he's okay. You know, maybe maybe he'll miss a, a week or two. I don't know. Maybe it's not too bad, though. It's a little scary. And then just moments after that, you get the word that several players threw their helmets on the ground cursing at the sight of the injury. I mean, oh boy, that's probably season ending, isn't it? Why would they be that upset? You know what I mean? Uh, oh, maybe it's just a six-week thing. Maybe he broke a uh, maybe he broke a bone or something, and it's going to hurt like hell. But hopefully he'll come back. Of course, broken bones aren't good, and you're and you're almost not. You're not the same usually the rest of the year. But you'll still be around. And you'll still be good. Maybe maybe you'll still be okay. No. In a of course non-contact drill, I'm assuming jumping through tires, which I believe was talked about, where you're, you know you're kind of moving your feet through the tires like laterally, as they say. Which makes sense, actually, when you consider the movement of your knees in that situation as you're going sideways. And what could happen if maybe you lose your footing or what the hell could have happened. I I still don't understand too much on it in terms of, like, why would it be this bad? But it was uh, obviously multiple tears, including the ACL. And it was so bad, it was dislocated. Sad, scary, heartbreaking, all the above. I mean... So, you know, he looks so good in the preseason, and, and, and you know, you know the last couple of years he's continued to improve. He has his moments, but 2015, you saw signs that he was getting closer and closer to being that quarterback. And, of course, the, the deep throws, the accuracy, starting to improve, starting to get there. And then you hear this, and it's, you feel so bad. And then mobility and all that. You saw what happened with Culpepper, the helmet to the knee. Oh, God, that's just devastating to look at, that kind of thing. Helmet to the knee back in 05. Literally about, well, about ten and a half years in the past at the time. Uh, and that was in, uh, I forget if that was Carolina or Washington, but that's so long ago. Adrian was in Washington, I know that. I think it was North, I think it was Carolina. Yep, in North Carolina for a Dante Culpepper 2005 season. Um, you hear this and you're just devastated. Uh, then who's the quarterback? Uh, Sean Hill and Joel Stave? Yay. So let's talk about Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Oh, Kyle Petty? No? No? No no Kyle Petty either? Uh, well, eh, okay, eh, eh. yay, Kyle Petty. I barely know who that is. So Jets backup quarterback, and 
And Mark Sanchez, another former Jet. Oh boy, J-E-T-S. We're really, we're really aiming high here, aren't we? But what are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to do? It's like the season's about to start. I mean, everybody that you, you want is signed. And of course, you have to trade for somebody. You have to give up draft picks. Do you want to give up a lot? Do you want to go after Sam Bradford? And then, oh, but he had a non-contact injury. He tore his ACL years before in the past with the St. Louis Rams. Came back the next year after taking a long, long time out. Came back the next training camp. And then the knee gave way again with no contact. Sound familiar? Yeah, it does sound familiar. So, do you really want to go after that guy? Oh, uh, maybe, because he was pretty good the last year. You know, he played for the Philadelphia Eagles, and that was like the fastest offense in the NFL, and he ran it pretty efficiently, didn't he? And bottom line, he stayed healthy. Huh, but we're not going to go after Sam Bradford. That would be kind of a shocker. But I suppose you got this issue going on. You got the new quarterback, the hot young quarterback, who's not that young, but, you know, well, yeah, he's young enough. What am I saying, you know? He's young enough, right? And, of course, uh, I'm just BSing. Uh, from, from Oregon, another Oregon duck. Uh, Mariota did pretty well from Oregon. You got a new one coming in. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, the Oregon duck, NDSU. But then um, it's probably not going to happen, though. And then suddenly Saturday morning, you know, you're all chill. I mean, the Vikings are going to make a move this weekend. Somebody's coming in. You can't just go in the season of Sean Hill and, and uh, Joel Stave. You know, somebody's coming in. Regardless, is it a Band-Aid? Is it somebody a little bit better than that? Well, it was somebody a lot better than that. It was Sam Bradford. And it was pretty expensive, too, even though the Eagles were probably looking to get rid of him at some point. But at the same time, well, are you going to make this sudden of a move? I guess you were if the Vikings were going to offer this. I mean, you get a first-round pick, and then if the Vikings have a lot of success, like go all the way and win the Super Bowl, they get a second-round pick, too. That would be a worthwhile uh, expense, even though it's a, even though <laughs> even though you're losing both of your top picks in the draft, your first and your second-round pick. Your first pick will be in the third round. But if you won a Super Bowl, gosh, we've only waited 55 years for that, so I think it's okay. I mean, you know, Fran Tarkin is in his mid-70s. Bud Grant's 80, uh, about 90 years old now. 89 years old, I believe. 89 years old. Unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, we've waited long enough. Those guys have waited long enough, too. You know, because they got us to four Super Bowls, or at least three in terms of Tarkenton's case, because he was traded from that stupid Norm Van Brocklin, who just could not handle the fact that Fran Tarkenton liked to scramble because maybe bought a little more time. You know, maybe we could find an open receiver. That's basically what his thoughts were on that. Uh, but there you go. Uh, you go after Sam Bradford. All right, so Sam Bradford is the quarterback. Okay, uh, what are we going to be this year? 8-8, eight 9-7, and 10-6. Eight, and seven, ten and six. Hey, we'll, we'll be a little better. It looked like we were going to be 6-10 and ten at, at, the, at the point if you're going to have Sean Hill and Mark Sanchez as your quarterbacks. Okay, so maybe we'll have a shot at, you know, like wild card weekend, you know. Yeah, still still bummer. I mean, we don't know. Maybe, maybe Sam Bradford's going to be really good, though, because he has a good arm. And he was taken number one overall for a reason. Again, you got the multiple injuries, and he hasn't been a overall, he hasn't played like, you know, He's not Andrew Luck, number one overall pick. Peyton Manning, number one overall pick. But he's not Tim Couch either, number one overall pick. You know, complete, complete nothing. Uh, David Carr, complete nothing. You get Derek Carr in the second round for Oakland Raiders. Look at him. Damn, that guy. Yeah, but then then, then he he has a broken ankle at the worst possible time. It's all over. Bada bing, bada boom for him. And them. Yeah, a lot of sadness during this year, isn't there? <laughs> Lots of sadness, you know. I, I freaking blankety blank, you know. I just could curse up a storm with what took place. Um, but Sam Bradford's in here, so there's a little hope, a little optimism. Let's get on with it, shall we? 
He's not going to play in the first week, but you do have uh, relations with Pat Shermer and all that. Yeah, this new coach he brought in, a former Eagles coach, and he was uh, he helped uh, Bradford, offensive coordinator and all that, helped him out, helped him out with St. Louis as well. Bradford had been with Pat Shermer in St. Louis and Philadelphia, like we talked about. Maybe a conflict of interest going on here. He's still got Norv Turner as the offensive coordinator, and they're a little different. You know, Turner is more of a vertical passing game, which I would have liked, but it requires a little more time. But you have no offensive line, so Pat Shermer is a little bit more, you know, less interesting, but quicker passes, so you can avoid getting 19 sacks a game with this freaking hologram of an O-line, which will be a huge topic today. Um, but there it is. We'll worry about that when the time comes. <laughs> Hell of a season, man. Hell of a season. Lots of ups and downs. But okay, we go in with Sean Hill because yeah, you can't expect Bradford to learn a whole offense that quickly. You thought maybe, yeah, the, the quick study, people were optimistic. Vikings don't look so good. Mariota and the running back there uh, just dominating the Vikings at the time in a huge way. DeMarco Murray just, you know, dominating the Vikings the first half. Things look so negative. And then, eh, you know, Sean Hill kind of keeps the Vikings going, kind of steadies the ship and all that. The Vikings come out in the second half looking so much better. They force interceptions, uh, big, big, huge sack, multiple sacks, forced fumbles by Daniil Hunter, showing his value during the course of the season. You just see his value time and time again during the course of the season, and it took place in that Tennessee Titans game. Just awesome. You saw a pass rush take over, and the Vikings start to dominate. You get a 1-0 record. Nice little 25-16 game there. You come home. Sam Bradford's ready to go. U.S. Bank Stadium, national television, Sunday night game, and Bradford displays that arm, and it looks beautiful. He gets knocked around a little bit, but not too bad. And he takes advantage of a Packers defense that wasn't that great. You know, it felt like the Vikings did a lot more offensively in this game. But hey, 17-14, to 14, Aaron Rodgers, not accurate, knocked around quite a bit. It was so fun to watch. You're finally seeing Rodgers struggle and get beat up. Vikings only win by three, but hey, they did win. So there you go. And then in Carolina, you see the Vikings again. You see the Vikings decimate Cam Newton time and time again, the same way the Denver Broncos did. Daniel Hunter again, and you saw safety in this game. It was just awesome. 22-10 to victory, Vikings 3-0. and And then the Giants and Texans games, both in U.S. Bank Stadium, just coast-to-coast. Easy victories from the get-go. Bradford's accuracy strong. Offensive line, not so good, particularly in the Houston Texans game. And that's when you started to get worried. Bradford got knocked around big time, but never did get an injury. Maybe got banged up a bit, but literally, but luckily survived and would survive the remainder of the season, if you can believe it. I don't know how, but that's a really good sign for Bradford for with his uh, durability and all that, <laughs> despite the uh, the whole knee situation that took place earlier in his career. Cool. Um, and the shoulder injuries as well in the past. Um, even in that Philly season, yeah, he did miss a couple games with the shoulder injury because, again, you're going to get knocked around a bit. But a 5-0 and record, Giants and, and Texans games, just, a, just easy as pie. The defense was dominant. The... Um, Eli Manning couldn't do anything, and who, who? I mean, the Giants end up having a very strong season. The Texans even make the postseason. I mean, just crazy. But the Vikings make them look silly. They look like if they. And, and then I made the quote after the Texans game. Vikings go five and zero. I'm like, well, now we look like a Super Bowl contender. We're gonna be a. We're gonna go for a first round buy, and this kind of looks like the kind of game, like a divisional round game. When you're like a number one, number two seed, and you know there's this cute little wild card team coming in, and maybe they'll lose in the first round, maybe they'll get lucky, get to the second, or they'll draw an easy matchup like the Raiders because there's no David, uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, keep that David out of there. Derek Carr with a broken ankle, 
it was just kind of a lame situation. So the Texans get to the second round and get obliterated by the Patriots after a tough first half for Tommy in that one. Um, <laughs> but that's what it looked like. It looked like, you know, 31-13, a, a really good team against a weak wild card type of team. You're all optimistic, and then it's like, you know, I, at the end of the year, you're wishing we were the, the we, we were the wild card team, or at least get in, right? Because the worm would turn so dramatically after that that uh, that buy. Mm. 21 to 10 does not reflect on what a dominant game that was. Bradford threw interceptions, particularly late, late, close in the end zone and all that. Things would snowball. You put Jake Long in there in, a, in, a, in an opportunity for the Vikings to get back in the game. You put him in there after you sign him during the bye. Okay, so we got Jake Long to help out because TJ Clemmings has not been good, particularly in that Houston game, but it had been a continued frustration with TJ Clemmings. Of course, Sullivan's gone and all that with free agency. Lodeholt's gone. <laughs> and the situations continue to diminish. You lose uh, Matt Khalil along the way as well, and you're just not knowing where to go. I mean, with this, but then you bring in Jake Long to help out. Okay, because TJ Clemmings is not up to left tackle. Maybe right tackle. Maybe right tackle. Uh, most of us would rather see him out of the league. And then again, you're seeing the pass rush from Philadelphia, a defense that you didn't think was this good, and they were damn good in the game. And Bradford got his butt kicked against his former team in a huge way. Jake Long put in there, I had a stupid time, not sure what's going on with the thought process of Narv Turner and others along the way. I wouldn't be surprised if Zimmer gave him an earful during the course of that time, and that may have led to the deteriorating, deteriorating relationship during the course of the season. Um, Jake Long gave up multiple sacks, couldn't even hold on to anybody, and then also was called for holding obvious face mask, and the Philadelphia just rolls after that. And then you go into Chicago. Ugh. Jay Cutler rolled all over the Vikings the whole night, 20-10. to 10. It felt like 35-0. to 0. Just a devilish game. Vikings lose two in a row. Then you then you host Detroit. Everything's going to be okay. All right, we'll we'll get the six and two. We're doing fine. We're we're doing better against this this not so not so great defense. They're not as good as they used to be. And then you take the lead and all that. You feel good. I mean, you're up by a couple points. Yep, you're up. I mean, you're up by a point. We'll say. And the next thing you know, you're up by a few points, I should say. And next thing you know, Detroit gets enough time to force a field goal. They get just enough time. You give them just enough time to get into field goal range. And then, of course, Prater nails it from freaking St. Paul. Unbelievable. You go to overtime. I mean, you just could not bring down that stupid Matthew Stafford. Multiple attempts during the course of this game. Third and long. And you'd see it again on Thanksgiving. Wonderful Thanksgiving day right there. After we had Halloween spoiled dramatically with the Bears the day before, uh, the, the week before. Norv Turner had resigned at that case. After the Bears game, Norv Turner finally did resign after that. <laughs> People were a bit surprised by it, but I guess it's it was meant to be, I suppose, after a game like that and the way the frustration with the team and the coaching staff behind the scenes, I suppose. But then Detroit game, this was a true downfall for this team because the Vikings had this game won. They had the lead. They had a three-point lead. The Bears are able to force OT, uh, the, the Lions are able to force overtime. And then and then, of course, of course, big shocker. They win, the, they win the coin toss and just coast to the end zone, a la Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. They force overtime and just coast into that end zone, and that's exactly what happened with the Lions. Vikings dropped to 5-3. and three. The Redskins game, more frustration. Very winnable football game. Jake Long is injured on a key uh, red zone opportunity for the Vikings, hopefully trying to win the game, even though you got to count up their walls to make a field goal. But, of course, unfortunately, that was not meant to be. 
Jake Long tears his uh, Achilles tendon. Next play, nothing going. Fourth down, fifth down, if you know what I mean. Turnover on downs, and the game was over right there. And the Vikings go from 5-0 and to 5-4. and Utter devastation. Jake Long played in four games, all losses, and he's out, and he may never come back to play again. You get a sloppy-ass game November the 20th against the Arizona Cardinals of the Vikings win. A lot of calls go against the Cardinals. A lot of, a lot of a big mess in that one. But the Cardinals are a, bit, a little over-aggressive. Vikings staying alive, 6-4. and four. And then the season just devastated when you lose another one to Detroit. You're winning most of the game there. No reason the Vikings shouldn't have won this game. Yes, it was in Detroit, but a very, very, very winnable game for the Vikings. And there were multiple third and longs, third and 15. And this would happen against Aaron Rodgers at times as well during the course of the season. But you always see Aaron Rodgers pull these off. But you saw other quarterbacks like Dak Prescott along the way as well. Dallas and Detroit. Both of the Thanksgiving clubs, basically, we played around this time. Thanksgiving, the second holiday spoiled by the Vikings. Um, third and long, you're just sitting there at the table watching it on my phone because, I'm, you know, i got to keep track of this. i got a podcast to do, and I love watching the team, of course. And I'm just trying so hard not to drop F-bombs and multiple F-bombs during the course of that game. Several times, third and long, you have him down and you don't have him down. He scampers for, for a first down, being Sam Bradford, him being Sam Bradford. And things would just continue to be frustrating along the way. Uh, Mr. Blair Walsh would continue to miss kicks, miss extra points. And you saw the concerned look on his face. Next thing you know, he was gone after that game. I mean, people had enough of that guy. And it was kind of like too little too late. You bring in Kai Forbath, who's just about perfect the rest of the way. He'd miss a couple extra points, but he was solid the rest of the season. So nice to have Kai Forbath in, in tow. And he was able to nail several field goals in a 15-17 to defeat to the Cowboys on December the 1st in U.S. Bank Stadium. An awesome game defensively for the Vikings. They couldn't make the stop when they needed to. And the offense absolutely could not get the job done against the Dallas defense that's not as good as their offense. I mean, their offense is so much better. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott looked awfully silly in this game, but the Vikings' offense was inferior. They could not get in the end zone at all. Thank God for Kai Forbath's leg, though. He was awesome the entire game. The accuracy and the distance was decent. You know, he was good enough. He didn't have to kick a 60-yarder, but he nailed everything he kicked in that game, and the Vikings still lose. You're 6-6. Six six. It's just about all over. Oh, a beautiful day, December the 11th. Looked like September, because it would be about September weather in Jacksonville, Florida that time of year. It looked just like September. I mean, just the grass looked exactly the way it does in September in Minnesota. I'm weird that way. I have a, some type of photographic memory, or I don't know what it is, but I just see things that way. It literally looked like September, and it was just a pretty little day in Jacksonville, but an ugly, ugly, sloppy, stupid, low IQ, missed opportunities, and yeah, Vikings still won because Jacksonville's awful. 25-16, 25-16, weird score. Vikings win, 7-5, and staying alive. 7-6, and excuse me, staying alive. And then you have all, you know, this is a game you need to win. You're at home, you're playing a team that is the, that is also a 500 type of club at this stage. Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck made you drop a word that rhymes with luck several times in that game. Just add an F and take the L out. I mean, it was pathetic. 34-6, to the Indianapolis Colts roll over the Vikings. Roll, destroy the Vikings in that game in U.S. Bank Stadium. And yeah, there was like one in a gajillion chance Vegas have it to make the playoffs. Everything needs to go right. All the correct teams need to lose and need to lose both games. Vikings need to win both. No. Lambeau Field was, well, Aaron Rodgers' little party there. He was really picking it up. The R-E-L-A-X, all that good stuff. R-E-L-A-X, 
LAX 2.0 was taking place for the Green Bay Slackers as they would at least get to the conference final just like they did in the R-E-L-A-X. I keep saying, trying to say R-A for some reason. I'm thinking about IRAs, I guess. Um, but there it was. Vikings dropped a 7 and 8. 38-25. The Packers roll over the Vikings. It was so easy. I'm surprised the Vikings even got 25 in the game. But hey, you know, you, you got to get what you can. And it was fun to watch in that sense. Oh, fun little game for the Vikings. You know, we're, we're just, we're going to finish this thing off. 13-3, 12-4, whatever it is. 38-10. to 10 demolition of those disgusting bears you know bears suck it's all over and you know they're gonna get like a top pick in the draft hopefully they can get a quarterback at jay cutler out of there and all that you know it's just a fun little easy game vikings are on their way to the first round bye no they're just saying bye bye eight and eight record that all adds up to a crock of s-h-i-t pardon my french in this game at least i didn't say the word but that's what it added up to eight and eight just eight and eight crock of crap Crock of crap. Um, yeah. Did you have fun listening to that? Did you Did you enjoy that re- uh, that recap of the season? Was it fun? Was it fun? You know, the first five games were a lot of fun, and we had a lot of hope and all that. But the warning signs were coming. The storm clouds were brewing in that Texan game with all with with Sam Bradford getting his ass kicked the whole game. But the defense looked so good, and then after that. No, you couldn't get you couldn't stop three key third downs several times against Washington, Detroit, Dallas, over and over. I mean, the Colts it was just a joke. Arizona, it's a miracle we won that game. Um, I mean, Chicago, the way they just rolled over the Vikings again, twenty to ten. It felt like thirty-five to ten. It really did. I mean, Jake Cutler looked. I mean, there were inaccurate passes, but you could just see how easy, how open the Bears were. And the way Cutler was just going to, it was only a matter of time he was going to torch us, and he did in Soldier Field on Halloween night. It was a spooky evening for the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings defense picked it up against Dallas and Detroit, and they kept the Vikings in the game. Three games in a row. I mean, the Vikings, you know, just little things here and there. Little things, little things. Not not leave enough time on the clock for Detroit. You know, stuff like that. Run, run the clock down a little more against Detroit. On November the 6th, that's a, that's a one-game difference, 9-7. and seven. Washington, complete a bleeping pass. Please complete a pass somewhere. Just complete a pass, please. You know, that's that's one. And then the Detroit and Dallas games. How do you not win both of those? So just 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 adding those two. You keep the Washington loss. You keep the Washington loss, but you win both of the Detroit games and the Dallas game. 11 and 5. 11 and 5. It's that simple. 11 and 5. Maybe you play way better against Indianapolis. Maybe, you know, it's stuff like that. Maybe you even maybe even have the confidence to take the Packers out. I mean, you just win one freaking more game, you're 12 and 4. It's that simple. You still have the horrible loss to Philadelphia. You still get demolished in Halloween against the Slackers. I mean, just little wins here and there. The change, just little things. That's how close the season was to being a good one. But it wasn't meant to be, and it all adds up to this. Disappointment, frustration, uncertainty, but uh, you know there's still some hope. You got a great, you got a lot of great defensive players. You have a very good defensive coach. The offense is all over the place, and hopefully Teddy Bridgewater comes back. I still am in Teddy's corner, quite frankly. I would love to see Teddy Bridgewater quarterback this team again. I like Sam Bradford's uh, arm strength. I think he's a very good quarterback in this league. Potentially, <laughs> I, I think he's still. I I think he's a good quarterback with with good protection. Um, if you had a decent offensive line, he'd be pretty good, I think. Uh, he looked awfully good against Green Bay. He looked very good against the Jets and, and Texans, despite getting smushed around. He looked good against Carolina. 
Um, you look good against Arizona, too. I mean, a little protection, you might have a chance. You might have a chance, really. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater, I, I you know, I, I still have a feeling about that guy. And they are talking about that he is progressing very nicely all of a sudden. Even though there's talk he probably won't be back next year, but maybe he will. I mean, it's still several months away. So let, let's see. I mean, August 22nd is, you know, August 22nd or August whatever, August 25th. Uh, you know, August is about five, six months away at this stage, depending on when you're listening. <laughs> so it, it, it's still, uh, still hopefully there, there's a chance here for Teddy Bridgewater to to come back and, uh, and and play at some point next season or two years from now. Sam Bradford is signed for next season, so he is already under contract for quite a bit of money. Um, so you're you're on the hook for that, about $15 million, uh, with Sam Bradford. So it is what it is. There's all kinds of rumors, Tony Romo, all that. Uh, we'll talk about free agency a bit. I don't think we're going to be bringing in another Brett Favre type of situation or Warren Moon or Randall Cunningham, whatever. I don't think we're I don't think we're on the verge of doing that. But you never know. <laughs> you never know. We'll worry about that when the time comes, I suppose. Um, frustrating end of the season. So, but still fun. I mean, it's football. It's entertaining. It is what it is. It's here to drive you insane. Basically, is what it's gonna do. Um, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So let's get to it. Shall we get the drum roll or whatever we want to do? Shall we start off with the MVP? Let's go with the surprise of the year. The candidates for Surprise of the Year, A, Kai Forbath, B, Adam Thielen, C, Sam Bradford, D, Daniil Hunter, or E, Cordero Patterson with his emergence and such. Well, for the Surprise of the Year, who is the winner for this? Well, fourth runner-up is going to be Sam Bradford. Um, I wouldn't say he was a huge surprise. He was good. He was strong. He was solid but he's the fourth runner-up. Third runner-up, Daniil Hunter. You knew he could play. You knew Daniil Hunter could play, so he'll be the third runner-up for the uh, surprise of the year. You you just knew he could play. Uh, Second runner-up, well, uh, second runner-up, a little bit tougher in this one because you got Kai Porbath, Adam Thielen, and Cordero Patterson, the final remaining here, the final three, you could say, the third runner-up. Who do you want to put third? I mean, that's a tough point. <laughs> Second runner-up in this one, so he's third place. Well, we'll say Kai Forbath. I mean, you saw the accuracy. You saw this. You saw that. Um, you, you saw he could play and all that. Uh, I mean, people weren't expecting too much from him, I suppose. But then again, let's go with the second runner-up with... Adam Thielen, actually, because you knew he could play. You knew Adam Thielen could play, actually. Strong season last year, but then again, he emerged so greatly. It, it's a tough one here. You know, it's like I had it in my head, and then it's, I, I think I'm fading. I'm, I'm wavering. I'm doing a Brett Favre right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cordell Patterson's got to get to the final here. Kai Forbath and Cordell Patterson. We'll go with Cordell Patterson. He surprised a lot of people. It's nice to see him back in the mix again. Uh, Adam Thielen, you know, it's like you knew he could play. It's just now you're seeing it. Now you're seeing his ability. He definitely exceeded expectations coming into the season. Cordell Patterson, none of us thought he could play. Kai Forbath will be the first runner-up, and Cordell Patterson will win the surprise of the year for my, for me, for Purple Mafia, the Purple Mafia surprise of the year. Disappointments, the ponder of the year, the ponder of the year award, the final five here, the final five, A, Anthony Barr, B, TJ Clemmings, C, Laquan Treadwell, D, Charles Johnson, and E, Brandon Fusco. Well, the fourth runner-up will be 
Brandon Fusco. None of us really believed in him. We never thought he was that good anyway, and he's gone now. Brandon Fusco, released, released very recently. So the Vikings looking to make wholesale changes at the offensive line. That is not a surprise. So I'm not majorly surprised that Fusco wasn't very good. He has never been that good. Um, third runner-up, Charles Johnson. Not been impressed with him at all, to be quite honest, at all. Um, I've, I've not, you know, it, it, sure, he's got a little bit of leaping ability. He can catch here and there, but he's not much. So, yes, he's disappointing. But I wasn't that surprised that he wasn't all that productive out there. Second runner-up will be Anthony Barr. He was very disappointing this year. But at the same time, he had moments. He had moments, so I can't call him the disappointment of the season. But again, a very notable disappointment during the course of the year. The finalists are T.J. Clemmings and Laquan Treadwell. The first runner-up for disappointment of the year is T.J. Clemmings. That leaves Laquan Treadwell, the disappointment of the season. First round pick, Laquan Treadwell. Did absolutely nothing. Nothing. Zip. I mean, why even talk about his statistics? What was he targeted three times and made one catch this year? Woohoo. And maybe he tackled a guy once or twice in special teams. Absolute nobody. Absolute nothing. You, you know, sometimes rookies don't get playing time. Don't get a whole lot of snaps and all that. They don't get a whole lot of time out there on the field other than maybe some special teams action. But Laquan Treadle, absolutely nothing. I mean, zero. Disappointment of the year, and as awful as TJ Clemmings was, a lot of us didn't really have a whole lot of high hopes on him anyway. Laquan Treadwell is a first-round pick, no excuse. Disappointment of the year, Laquan Treadwell. For the finalists, for the MVP, this is a much larger group here. Eight finalists for the Tarkington of the year. A. Linval Joseph. B. Adam Thielen. C. Sam Bradford. D. Daniil Hunter. E. Xavier Rhodes. F. Eric Kendricks, G. Everson Griffin, and H. Kai Forbath. He is a finalist for Tarkenton of the Year, and you'll hear his name a little bit during the course of time in that third segment. You will hear it. Well, the seventh runner-up for most viable player is Sam Bradford. Uh, he was good, but he's not the MVP of the team. Um, you know, I, I could probably rank him higher. I could, but I'm not going to at this point. I'll give him 7th because he had some moments. The pick 6 against Detroit, that was devastating. It cost the Vikings a huge game over there as well. I didn't even mention it during the wrap-up, but that was a huge moment of frustration for many, many Viking fans. 6th runner-up is going to be... Everson Griffin will be the 6th runner-up. He was the MVP for me last year. Very strong season overall. Just He's, he's not the MVP, just that type of thing. 5th uh, runner-up will be Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks will be the 5th runner-up. Very strong season, but had some in- inconsistent moments. Got beat a bit, but when he was good, he was awesome. Um, that would make him the 5th. Let's see. Then, uh, Griffin, 6th. Kendricks, 5th. Sam Bradford, 7th. So we're down to 4th runner-up now. you got Adam Thielen, Linval Joseph, Kai Forbath, and Xavier Rhodes. So the 4th runner-up will be... Man, it's so tough. <laughs> it's so tough, isn't it? Fourth runner-up is going to be... Mm, the fourth runner-up... Well, it's certainly... Fourth runner-up, I'll go with Kai Forbath. He was very good, but we got him so late. And it's such a shame. And it's too little too late. He, he might have been a lot higher the way... As good as he was during the course of the season. But he will get the fourth runner-up at this stage. He's still got Xavier Rhodes, Adam Thielen, Daniil Hunter, Linval Joseph. Third runner-up is going to go to Adam Thielen. Awesome season. Lots of credit. Awesome overall 
performance by Adam Thielen, but he's not the MVP for me as good as he was during the course of the year. There's other players here that, that impacted games a little bit more, like literally changed games at the end. Adam Thielen, though, still very, very, very honorable mention for the Tarkenton of the year. The third runner-up is Xavier Rhodes. Strong season. He got beat on times, but he was he's absolutely notable for most viable player once you get to that second runner-up stage. And here we go, the final. Linval Joseph versus Daniil Hunter. Linval Joseph versus Daniil Hunter. And the winner is, well, the winner of the year is Linval Joseph. When Linval Joseph is the winner of the year and the crowd goes crazy, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. The first runner-up is Linval Joseph. And, you know, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. I had to do it again. Steve Harvey. Yep. Sorry. It's the runner-up. First runner-up is Linval Joseph. The MVP of the season is Daniil Hunter. Game-changer Daniil Hunter. There you go. I, I had to. I'm sorry. I had to. I mean, I know it's been done, but I had to do my own version of it. You, you know, I hope you caught on to it. Maybe you caught on to it before I did it, because why would you just suddenly say MVP Linval Joseph? you got to say first runner up right? And, uh, yeah, that's how it goes. Danil Hunter, for me, is the most viable player of the year. So many game-changing plays. Just the way he would get to that quarterback, force turnovers, make make get the safety against Cam Newton. I mean, just game-changing plays by Danil Hunter, and he did it time and time again during the course of the season. He's, he's about my favorite player on the team. I love... Danielle Hunter. Just love that guy. Awesome draft pick by uh, Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, of course. I'm sure he had Jim, uh, I'm sure he had Spielman's year during the course of time. Xavier Rose was awesome most of the year, but inconsistent on occasion and got banged up, so that's why he did not wind up with the MVP. Linval Joseph, as good as it gets and as deserving as MVP as anybody else. That's why he won all the way up to first runner-up for the season. Daniel Hunter, MVP, Minnesota. 2016. And will he get it again next year? There's a chance. There's a definite chance. So there it is. There's your wrap-up. There is your wrap-up. We will talk free agency and draft right after this. back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. We're going to look into free agency and the draft a little bit. Not going to go super hardcore into the draft, but we're going to talk about it in general, basically. Going to have a specific draft show and then review the uh, free agents acquired on the next show. That's basically what the next show will be, as we basically, it's draft preview and free agency review, at least to the to the extent of where the Vikings had gotten at that stage. Hopefully there'll be some significant signings. I'm recording this right before free agency opens up, so I do apologize. thought I was going to have this show out like a week or so ago, but again, I, I had it partially recorded earlier and then just got sidetracked, so I do apologize for the late release of this show. We're going to get her done finally, so let's get moving. Free agency. Well, of course, the Vikings really hardcore looking into getting a, um, you know, uh, looking to rebuild the offensive line, to be quite simple. Also, what's going to happen with Adrian Peterson, all that? Of course, Adrian Peterson was officially made a free agent. He was uh, His contract has basically been voided now, and he is a free agent. 
where will he wind up? Will he wind up with the Patriots? LeGarrette Blunt is a free agent as well. So, of course, the Super Bowl champion LeGarrette Blunt. He's got two rings with the Patriots, the best two out of the past three years here. So, congratulations to him. What will happen? Um, Arian's willing to take less to join the Patriots, they're talking about. So, that's kind of cool. Eddie Lacy, of course, also available. Even the other guy, Christine Michael, the converted running back, who's a pretty good player last year for the Green Bay Packers, also a free agent. So, who knows? Uh, a lot of Viking fans want to bring in Jamal Charles. I'm not all in with that one. If I was to bring in a free agent running back, it would probably be Latavius Murray and or maybe Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lazy, according to some people. Darren McFadden, no. <laughs> Why even bother unless you're talking minimal money here? Le'Veon Bell, not Levon Bell, Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell. you got to have that French accent in there. It's been franchise tagged by the Steelers. Yeah, I'm talking about running backs before... The offensive line, because just because. The offensive line is more important at this point. But, hey, got to have a nice running back, too. Uh, Latavius Murray's a guy I would definitely look at. He's got a lot of tread on the tire left and would be a nice fit with the Vikings, in my humble opinion. That's basically, I'll probably backtrack with that one a bit. A beast of a running back is Latavius Murray, without a doubt. 27 years old, so certainly not the not he's not at the beginning of his career, but he's he's not at the end either. Still got a lot of time ahead of him. Remember the Vikings brought in Chester Taylor from the uh, Baltimore Ravens, and he was pretty successful. The next thing you know, you draft Adrian Peterson, so that kind of kind of set Chester Taylor back, but still had about a 1,300 yard season, and then later on became a very extremely valuable third down back before bolting for the Chicago Bears, wanting to get the number one role and getting a bigger contract. And that didn't work out at all for the poor guy, unfortunately. Just sometimes that's how it goes. Latavius Murray could be our Chester Taylor, possibly. He's number 28 with the Oakland Raiders. I'm not sure the Vikings are going to give him that number, though. That's the only thing. Further proof, though, from, for the Nudro native, uh, Nudro New York native, further proof here is that uh, you can take a running back just about anywhere in the draft. We're going to talk about running backs a bit today, too. Um... In 2013, he was taken in the sixth round. Sixth round. So think about it. I mean, you can take running backs just about anywhere in the draft. Doesn't mean it's going to work. Doesn't mean they're going to work out, but it certainly doesn't mean they're not going to work out. You don't always have to go first round and make a huge splash here. You never know. I mean, <laughs> Jarek McKinnon, pretty good player for the uh, fourth round pick, third round pick. So mid, 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 early, mid to early round pick there. Not too bad. He's kind of a third down specialist type of running back, and he's got a nice future still in the league. Why not bring in Murray, especially if the possibility does exist and persist that the Vikings will be moving on from Matt Asiata. You got the old thunder and lightning bed, right? Thunder and lightning works, and Latavius Murray will be thunder, and Jarek McKinnon will be lightning. It's that simple. <laughs> so there you go with that one. A lot of people also like C.J. Ham. He might be your third running back then. So why not? Another kind of a rumbler of a running back is C.J. Ham. Latavius Murray, to me, is probably the better choice Hopefully you can get a reasonable contract from him. He did have 1,000 yards in 2015, and he's averaged about 4 yards a game pretty much, or 4 yards an average, excuse me, 4 yards per carry throughout his career. That's not bad. He just gets four, He just goes forward. It's quite simple, and that's the object of being a running back. Uh, 788 yards last year in 14 games. So a little bit of Chester Taylor-ish. Maybe not quite as good, but still. It just similar, similar. You, you sign him as a free agent, and he ends up being pretty good for you. That's a guy I would look at. Hopefully, you can get him at a reasonable contract. All yet to be seen as we head into free agency. you got to think, though, top priority for the Vikings is offensive line, and there's no doubt about it. Could be looking at a couple of Cincinnati Bengals. Could be looking at a former Packer, maybe T.J. Lang. As a guard, very valuable guy, could cost a lot of money. 
Uh, Andrew Whitworth looked on as as good a guard as there as good as a as good an offensive lineman as there is in the in the free agency pool at this stage. He can play tackle or guard. Andrew Whitworth, definitely a veteran with the Bengals. You even uh, possibly could be looking at Kevin Zettler. Some people actually do believe that's who the Vikings will sign. Some of the websites out there are basically saying that's who they're they're predicting. That'll be the Vikings' top target into free agency, at least the way things are going. Will Whitworth finish his career with the Bengals? Odds are leaning that way, but you just never know. Matt Khalil, of course, is still a free agent, and there's talk that the Carolina Panthers want to bring him in there to join his brother, So, who is the center there for the Carolina Panthers. That would be unfortunate, but it is what it is. Then you really got to scramble and get that left tackle Short up. Of course, the Vikings had to deal with that all year last year. Riley Reef also tackled for the Lions. How much will he cost? That's another name the Vikings will be definitely looking at. As talk is they are going to go hardcore in here because they have plenty of cap space through the Minnesota Vikings leading into this uh, free agency period. And no matter how you look at it, the Vikings are <laughs> at this stage 31 million under the cap. So that's good. The Vikings still have a chance here to make a splash in free agency. 35 million overall within the top 51, and then total 31, basically 32 million. So the Vikings definitely have tons and tons of cap space here, an opportunity to make a serious splash here. Um, Again, I don't think the Vikings will throw a ton of money at Latavius Murray. They're probably going to throw a ton of money at one of these tackles, though, tackles or guards, and then looking at guards also in the draft as we jump forward into that as well. Um, What was the other one? The other one, yeah, Ricky Wagner, another big-name tackle with the Baltimore Ravens. The Vikings really would like to add one of these names out there, be it Zeitler from Cincinnati, Andrew Wetworth, TJ Lang, one of these guys, Riley Reef, of course, Detroit Lions. All kinds of, you know, I mean, no, nobody here is perfect. Whitworth has had the, a, an, a wonderful career, but definitely getting older. And then you just go on and on and on. Guys have had injuries and, you know, inconsistency. It is what it is. Matt Khalil's been injured and inconsistent. So it, it just kind of is what it is here. You just hope for the best that you can get somebody that will give you a couple of good years at the bare minimum, and then you got something here going into the draft. Hopefully you can add guys that can stick around for 10 years, maybe even longer through the draft, add a significant amount of offensive linemen. I mean, I've always said, I have always said that you can never have too many offensive linemen. Never. I mean, you can never draft too many offensive linemen. It's a boring draft. Yeah, like, yay, we took a guard. Woohoo. That's our top pick in the draft, and after that, you know, who knows? Maybe some some uh, special teams linebacker who might end up being something, and beyond that, and so uh, so on and so forth. Of course, we'll talk about Chad Greenway a little bit when we head into fan interaction as well. So, yeah, it is what it is. As Chad Greenway, you know, since uh, <laughs> since the first uh, segment has retired, of course, because again, getting sidetracked. It just is what it is. That's how we do it. Sometimes you got to piece things together. Chad Greenway has retired and had a nice little press conference thanking everybody. So. It is what it is there. Yep, looking for, looking really to shore up this offensive line. Walter Football, at least through the fourth round, they have us taking Malik McDowell, defensive tackle. I don't know. Defensive tackle, he can also be a defensive end from Michigan State. The possibility here is because of Sharif Floyd being oft injured and maybe the Vikings will let him go. I, I don't know. So that might be why the Vikings would take a defensive lineman. But you'd think offensive linemen. And then you got P.J. Flack and Roll the Boat and all that from Western Michigan and Taylor Mooton. Taylor Mooton, 
in the third round, the 15th pick in the third round, the Vikings would be taking Western Michigan's Taylor Moten. I would not be surprised if the Vikings do bring him in because there is a lot of, you know, P.J. Fleck gets around. He really does. And he knows how to sell, sell, sell. That guy knows how to sell. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's been having long, extended conversations with the Vikings and if Sola had sold this guy to this team. And really, in the third round, you can't go too wrong bringing a guy who's, you know, again, another... Offensive lineman who's versatile, who can play both tackle and guard. Usually that means he's a guard, but he can play tackle, that type of thing. <laughs> and the Vikings absolutely would love to bring in Taylor Moten. Um, I'm sure if they can get him at a you know at a decent position in the draft. They also have the Vikings taking uh, just a few picks later from LSU. Ethan Posich, Ethan Ethan Pusich, Posich, pardon me, out of LSU. He's a guard or a center. He can play guard or center because you know the center spot. Nick Easton, is he really the answer? Maybe. And, you know, we'll see. I guarantee you, though, the Vikings will be taking a running back in the draft. And they do have the Vikings taking James Conner out of Pittsburgh. We'll talk about other running backs at some point uh, in a little bit here through the draft. And in the fourth round before, James Conner, Carl Lawson, defensive end out of Auburn, out of Auburn. So it looks like, according to Walter Football, the Vikings are mostly going to be focusing on offensive line and defensive line. (laughs) Well, the game's won in the trenches, isn't it? The game is won in the trenches. Other drafts are the Vikings taking uh, linebackers. And again, don't be surprised because Chad Greenway's gone. But again, it's more of a situational linebacker at the end of the, at the end there. Chad Greenway was more of a situational linebacker because he was getting older. You have things short up with Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks. Of course, Anthony Barr's inconsistent. And Mr. Uh, you know Mike Zimmer kind of echoed that uh, a little bit during the course of last season. That's... Uh, no secret, no mystery there. Oh, yeah, Anthony Barr. Oh, you know, I was frustrated too. Maybe Zimmer shouldn't have gone as far as he did, but but he did go as far as he did. Uh, literally breaking as I talk here, Mr. Brandon Marshall has, is staying in New York, but he's switching colors from green to blue. He's leaving the Jets and going to the Giants. Brandon Marshall. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> he's staying in New York, but not with the same team. <laughs> not with the same team. Uh, it is what it is, isn't it? So let's look at the guards as we continue here. Western Kentucky, Forrest Lamp. I think the Vikings would just be kissing the crown if they were able to get him. He's projected to go late in the first round. Maybe the Vikings do the famous trade-up and get him, possibly, because odds are he's not going to slip to 48th. Ethan Postage, again, another guard that we talked about. And they this this draft, this particular draft, Walter Football does have the Vikings taking him. Uh, Dan Feeney out of Indiana, another possibility in the early to mid-rounds. Deion Dawkins, guard and offensive tackle. Looking to go in the second, third, mid-rounds. Taylor Moden, yep, there you go. That's a guy the Vikings could be looking at. I, I, Taylor Moden, I would be not be surprised at all if the Vikings didn't take if the Vikings did take him. Um, there's all kinds of names that just could go on forever. Dorian Johnson, Pat Effing. I mean, these the Vikings are going to shore up this offensive line through the draft. Isaac Asiata, who is related to Matt Asiata. Out of Utah, Utah is a possibility in them in the mid to later rounds. He's going. He's projected to go in the third to fifth round. Asiata would be kind of cool to bring him in, but will Matt Asiata still be here? That's the question. There, <laughs> we don't know at this stage. Uh, offensive tackles. There's of course some some, some gems out there. No dude about it. And again, let's just let's just draft as many as you can. Cam Robinson again, probably the dream guy. Of the draft. In fact, he is the dream guy of the draft. Would be a nice left tackle out of Alabama, a beast of a man at six foot six. 
this is the dream guy. Uh, it would be, you could only dream the Vikings could get a guy like this, but maybe we will. Maybe there'll be a big trade up and we go after him, but I don't know. Uh, Wisconsin also has an elite tackle. Ryan Ramsiak, Ryan Ramsiak, also out of uh, out of Wisconsin. Garrett Bowles looking to go anywhere from one to third round. That could be a name for offensive tackle the Vikings look at in that second round. Very possible. Garrett Bowles, Deion Dawkins. That's another guy who's kind of been both. I've already talked about him. Antonio Garcia, out of TCU, out of TC TSU TSU. Pardon me, Troy State University. That's coming out wrong. Taylor Mooden, yep, again, see, it's like a lot of these guys, they kind of overlap each other because they can play multiple positions, so again, this kind of is what it is with that, David Sharp out of Florida, Roderick Johnson, that's a name we've heard of uh, off and on, out of Florida State, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking forward to it, again, I mean, you're not going to get a whole lot of highlights out of offensive linemen, you know, this is more for like meat and potatoes scouting, you got to really get in there and understand which ones really know what they're doing, which ones could handle adversity, uh, ho- hopefully can be durable. I mean, if you have an offensive lineman that can't stay healthy, you're kind of screwed, right? Matt Khalil, taking him third overall or fourth overall due to the trade down. We're lucky there with that one. But uh, it's all about durability, how they handle adversity, like I just said. And just, uh, again, just move forward, move the frick forward. Forrest Lamp, again, a lot of people just love him, of course. <laughs> out of Western Kentucky. I would love to have him. And I don't think anybody out there would disagree with that one. He just continues to develop and become a nice player. So now we look at running backs again. A couple of names. Or at least we would like to look at the running backs if humanly possible, wouldn't we? So you got Fournier, LSU. Very unlikely he'll be coming to Minnesota. Nope, you got all these names. Delvin Cook would be a nice one. Big, strong running back. Out of Florida State, again, another Florida State guy, Christian McCaffrey. Not sure the Vikings will be going this high at running back. Dante Foreman, who could go just about anywhere in the top three rounds, but he'll probably go in the, he'll probably go somewhere in the second. Curtis Samuel, Jeremy McNulls. We'll talk about more. We'll talk more about the draft as we head in. But a guy I think the Vikings are going to probably be looking at at running back is Brian Hill out of Wyoming. At least from what I've heard, another physical, super strong guy. He's tall. Six foot one and about two twenty. That is a big, big running back out of Wyoming, and that is a name I would not be surprised the Vikings would take. Joe Mixon again. A <laughs> this guy's extremely talented, but of course he's lost to he's lost value because of domestic assault issues uh, in the past. And of course the Vikings had to go through that with Adrian Peterson just a couple of years ago. Not sure they want to take the PR hit. And this town people are just you know this is a very sensitive town. And I'm not one of the sensitive people here, we'll just say. But, yeah, unfortunately the population is that way around here. I'm not trying to rip the town. It's just still, you know, I don't know. You're going to hear a lot of, you're going to hear a lot of gnashing of teeth that the Vikings take Joe Mixon. But, hey, if he keeps his nose clean and he ends up being the star running back, he could be, maybe. But I'm just guessing the Vikings won't take him. That's just my personal guess. We'll just have to wait and see what happens at there. Will they take uh, Samuel J. Perrine, also out of Oklahoma? Uh, who knows? We'll just have to let that thing. <laughs> we'll just have to let that thing uh, play out, I suppose. It would be funny though. You, you you lose Adrian Peterson. You move on from Adrian Peterson and take another Oklahoma Sooner. Wouldn't that be something? And he's your new running back for for many years. Wouldn't that be something? 
We'll just have to wait and see with that. So there it is, the future of the Vikings, the Vikings' future, the Vikings' present with free agency, the Vikings' future through the draft. We're going to talk again more about the draft, and we'll review free agency in the next show, the next show. But now we're going to move on to the next segment, fan interaction. I will pass out the stars of the year. Who is going to be the gold star of the year? You better keep your ear next to that, next to that speaker because it could be you. We'll be back right after this, but first, a word from Sebastian Balls as we start off Fan Interaction. Hello, hello, hello. How is everybody doing? Glad to be on the Purple Mafia show once again. It is, of course... Sebastian, um, it's been a long time since I've done a recording, and I stopped my own show, as many of you probably do not know, but some of you might, uh, didn't get the traction that I wanted, so that's over, um, but it's good to talk Vikings football again, merely, um, let's see, to recap this season, it was a garbage nightmare that I could not wait for it to be over, uh, after five games, it looked great, and then... Reality struck the Vikings, and going on the road wasn't so kind to us, and injuries kept piling up on the offensive line, which definitely does not help anyone. I think the trade for Sam Bradford still was pretty stupid. Uh, I had that position in the beginning. I said at least they're trying. Now, I still stand by that. At least they tried, but still stupid. I mean, stupidity, 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 stupidity is what it is. You know, I get that you didn't want to waste a whole nother year, blah, 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 blah. Well, this year ended up wasted anyways, no matter how you look at it. And I'd rather kept my first round draft pick. You know, that's just how I look at it. And a fourth for next year, too. I can't forget that we lost that. Uh, rolling into this year, we've got a one, or a two, two threes, two fours, a five, six, seven. Um, God. You know, I, I wish we could get more linemen than anything else but at the same time you don't want to like go overboard because this uh staff's already showed that they can't draft linemen aka look at willie beavers um god let's see laquan treadwell not very good uh giant disappointment and nightmare um that's to say the least. He was injured more games than he was actually playing wide receiver. That's sad. One catch for 15 yards. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where you almost like when you want you want to talk about the season, you just almost don't know what to say because you're at such a loss of words just due to the, the disappointment and. The heartbreak of it too, you know, because we started five and zero. We made that big trade. Stefan Diggs coming into a second year. We lost Teddy though, but you know, you're like, oh, well, we're getting Adrian back at the end of the year, and then he decides not to play because we're out of the playoff contention, and then he's now leaving, and it's all giant fucking clusterfuck. Adam Thielen's on the free ag- or possible free agent. Uh, Cordero Patterson's a possible free agent. It's all just so, ugh. You know, we cut two offensive linemen, which definitely they had coming. Don't get me wrong. We did, and thank God for it. But still, at the same freaking time, 
can we draft a quarterback? Because Teddy's not for sure coming back. I don't want Bradford for any more than the end of this year. Really, truly, honestly. I don't. Uh, can we get like a third, fourth round QB and like, I don't know. <laughs> can we trade somebody like a Jarius Wright or somebody to like get a third or fourth round QB? Because, I mean, I at least want a kid, you know, that's in the system. Shoot. I mean, Taylor Heineke's not bad, but the dude puts his foot through a door, so I kind of question his intelligence at the same time. Yeah, it, it it's it's been frustrating. But to get on a more serious note, um, I'd like to thank Joey for all of his time doing this show. It's been an honor listening to him. Uh, he's become a great friend of mine, and... He's just a great person overall in general. He has great morals, and it takes a lot to stay with a show like this through so many seasons that he has with the years that the Vikings have had and to be as consistent and fluent as he is on making episodes uh, season after season with as many shows as he has with the way that the Minnesota sports world is the national media is not very kind to us. Minnesota media is not very kind to us. And, you know, it, it takes a lot out of somebody. And Joey's a very hardworking man. And I've got to know that through my personal life knowing him. And I'd just like to say thank you, Joey. You are fantastic. Um, you know, it, it's it's an honor just to be a listener and a friend of yours just because I know how hard it is when you don't get ratings and how hard it is when your team sucks and it's or how hard it is when people are putting you down i mean i had two podcasts i got it i get it you know it you're you're fantastic thank you for everything you do joey and skull vikings wow i can't thank you enough sebastian that was Absolutely awesome, and you are the gold star for this episode, without a doubt. There is no doubt about it, you are in the gold star for this episode. Um, very heartfelt, and of course, totally understand the frustration. Uh, the whole five games got our hopes up, and then reality set in. It is what it is, and plus, interesting take on Sam Bradford. And also, real quick too, before I even say that, it's you can tell Sebastian is not a Kool-Aid drinker, and I'm not a Kool-Aid drinker either, and I get into it with Timberwolves fans like you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe, a, you know, the Timberwolves fans in this town are so sensitive, like you say, oh goody, another moral victory, because you're sick and tired of blowing leads against teams like San Antonio, like you actually might beat the Spurs, and then yay, another freaking moral victory, and I should have mentioned the explicit part in there, but it's just two F-bombs during there, so they were kind of both at the same part, so apologize if those of you out there weren't expecting that and got uh, surprised there, maybe you had kids with you, so my my, my my bad there, it's kind of too late, so I apologize. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, the Kool-Aid drinking, you, you get ripped for saying things that not everybody agrees with, I mean, I had to put up with some guy calling me bandwagon, for having enough with Blair Walsh. And then you bring in Kai Forbath and he makes pretty much everything. You know, I mean, really? Really? That makes me a bandwagon jumper? I'm a bandwagon fan for getting tired of Blair Walsh? What? So are Bears bandwagon fans for getting sick and tired of Rex Grossman? <laughs> you know, or Jay Cutler's wild interceptions and all that? Or his, his erratic play? That makes you a bandwagon fan? 
you know what, man? Get the hell out of here. That, that's what I tell people like that. I, I not only do I <laughs> dismiss them, I, I literally, you know, I mean, you know, it, uh, let's just move on. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like I'm out of lost for words with people like that. Just idiots. You idiots, you. Oh, I could just go on forever. So, and that was not an act. That's all emotion there. I, I can't believe it. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, worst, yeah, as bad a draft pick as you can get. And why take a wide receiver when you need an offensive line? Because you signed Alex Boone? Is that why? Because you signed Andre Smith? Is that why you didn't take an offensive lineman like Cody Whitehair or somebody? You could call him the most boring pick ever. But really? (laughs) You know what I mean? Does that make me a bandwagon fan? Does it? Does it make me a bandwagon fan? You take a position you don't need that much? I mean... Wide receivers can be taken later in the draft. Stefan Diggs was taken very late in the draft. Very late. And um, i got to say thank you again, Sebastian, for what you had to say there. Uh, I really enjoyed the purple press box. And yes, uh, you wouldn't believe how many times I thought about stepping away. You wouldn't believe it. Because you get frustrated. You, you get your hopes up. Like 2012, the numbers exploded on this show. And then during the course of that time, when Christian Potter turned back into reality, the numbers dipped to a fraction, not half, a fraction of what they were after the San Francisco game. I mean, we're talking very small, small, like, yeah, like I'm in a phone booth and that's the number of listeners. Okay, not quite that bad, but it felt like it compared to where it was. The fluctuations of numbers on this show and others, Timberwolves explosion, brave the wild, it can lead you to tears sometimes. Honestly, you put all the work in, you get excited. And you know what? It's not like I spend eight hours a day preparing for this show. No, I don't. I don't because I can't. (laughs) But at the same time, your heart is in it. You want to believe people are out there listening and love the show. And those of you that do, God bless you, everyone. Every one of you. I can name you forever. Sebastian, you're one of them. And I just, I appreciate you so much. I mean, we go back to about 2010, 2009, I believe he was listening, but then I met him in 2010, the Chester Taylor show, all that, um, where I was sad about Taylor leaving and going for the money when, you know, we could have had a really good combination where, yeah, um, that might be the signing of a, that might have something to do with Latavius Murray coming to Minnesota. That might be our new Chester Taylor move all these years later, 10 years later, 11 years later. Oh my God, 11 years. Um, Wow, that's insane. Uh, Chester Taylor was the only bright spot in that 2006 pile of fluff season it was um but the sam bradford take again shows you he's not a kool-aid drinker mr sebastian balls is not a kool-aid drinker sebastian barton sebastian balls i've known him as sebastian balls but his name on facebook has become sebastian barton for his own reasons um and again congratulations on the wonderful lady you've been with so (laughs) i gotta give amber a shout out there so there you go um i added her on facebook really yeah you could tell sebastian's very happy and i'm very happy for you I, I, I got to tell you, um, we've all had moments, you know, this girl, that girl, and then you meet one that's, you know, you can tell there's a future there. Um, but boy, there's never a day without ups and downs. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone, though. I better stay away from that. <laughs> I, I'm sure, yeah, no, it's just, Sebastian looks very happy, and that's awesome. Um, let's get back to Sam Bradford, the, the quote there. You know, yeah, we did mortgage the draft, didn't we? And... You know, it's like hindsight is twenty twenty, but then foresight would be if foresight could be somewhere near twenty twenty, it'd be nice. 
You know, I had a strange feeling that the Vikings were only going to be 9-7 and seven with Sam Bradford or something like that. So it's like, maybe, just maybe, we should have just kind of, I don't know, not one fan, not one player it will like hearing this. Not one. Because it would be horrible to watch. Maybe we should have just kind of let it go. Maybe brought in some math reagent and had a 6-10 and 10 type season. And then, gosh darn it, there's Cam Robinson. Hey, Cam, what's going on, Cam Robinson? Hey, buddy, let's let's do this. Hell yeah. Or you bring in Mitch Trubisky. No, I, I don't think we'd be it's bad enough to get him. But you never know. Maybe the future Chicago Bear, Cleveland Brown. But he probably won't go to the Browns. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, the whole quarterback situation, but Cam Robinson wouldn't be bad. Say maybe we have the 10th pick in the draft, and that might be a little high, but still, take that guard, or tackle, excuse me, and then let's let's roll, baby, and then keep taking guards and tackles throughout the draft. Meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes. You know, if you take a wide receiver, you take him in the 6th, 7th round at this stage, you know, and just, maybe he's a nice kick returner of the future, because a certain guy named Cordero Patterson might get too expensive. You know, that's a talker going into free agency here, too. Cordero Patterson. Is he going to go to the Chicago Bears and be the next Devin Hester? That possibility exists and persists, as Dwight Eisenhower would say. I always say that quote because I love it. And you know what? He was right. Look that up. But uh, let's talk about the military-industrial complex and all that. Yeah, kind of true. Kind of been true the last uh, 25 years or so. But yeah, let's leave that alone. Uh, Pat Mahomes, the son of the former twin, Pat Mahomes, who's, a, who's an okay pitcher. I think Pat Mahomes will be a little more successful out of Texas Tech, first to third round. What if the Vikings took Pat Mahomes in the second round? But at this stage, with Sam Bradford in the fold and Teddy Bridgewater is a possibility maybe coming back. I don't know. Um, but a developmental quarterback later on. Okay. Uh, Davis Webb, California. You know, and we'll talk more and more in the next episode, but I'm just throwing these names out. Brad Kaya out of Miami. Nate Peterman. Nate Peterman, Pittsburgh. Josh Dobbs, Tennessee. All these names are possibilities. Some of you like some of them more than others. You know, that type of thing. I haven't done a whole lot of research on the quarterbacks yet, and I really just, you know, it's just not the show for it at this stage. But no, I, I'm very... Very important conversation, though. The Vikings, I believe the Vikings will take a quarterback somewhere. Fourth round, whatever. Um, fourth round, fifth round, there will be a quarterback. And wouldn't that be great if somehow, some way, we were the next New England Patriots with the uh, late pick in the draft, something like that. Quarterback is a little bit harder than, say, a running back receiver. But, yeah, I mean, you might take a great running back or a very good one, like Jordan Hillman. Uh, excuse me, like Jordan over there on Chicago. Uh, Chicago, he's really, really uh, stepped up. My names are bouncing everywhere, so apologize for that one. I don't think I'm right about that, but Jordan there with Chicago, absolutely awesome. And I don't mean Michael Jordan either. Um, <laughs> I'm going crazy with the name there. Um, but, yeah, thank you again, Sebastian. I really do appreciate that. Interesting thoughts, though. The Vikings could have at least yeah, focused on the offensive line once in a while. And if you take enough offensive linemen, somebody's going to stick. Somebody's going to stick. You know, I mean, when you take just one guy... Every year, if possible, just one guy, and yeah, Billy Weavers, Willie Beavers, whatever you want to call him. You just kind of call him Billy Weavers. It's the same thing. I mean, it means about as much to the Vikings as Willie Beavers does. So let's just call him Billy Weavers, right? Just to confuse the, just to just to manipulate and confuse everyone. Ah, that's about what the Vikings did to us. <laughs> Billy Weavers, Billy Beavers. What I see now, I'm losing it. What a joke. I mean, really. But yeah, you go for guys like you know Chris Jaguerre, like six round picks, and they never become anything. Once in a blue moon, you get a six round pick in the in the draft that ends up being really good, like Matt Burke or John Sullivan at center. That's nice, but you know it's like once every ten years, though. You know, I mean, 
let's go in the second, third, fourth round, and then go from there. Something like that with the offensive line. So let's start to move on here, if possible. And then we got to pass out the yearly awards. Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Thank you again, Sebastian. That was just awesome. You know, worth every second there. In case I didn't read it, a guy who's a star candidate every show, and that's Mad Martin. I wish I could got audio from him. But I think we'll we'll try to shoot for it for next show because I really wanted to get this going. I should have contacted him to get one on for this show too. But we'll let Sebastian be the king of the audio for this show and then we'll bring in Mad Martin for the next show. And Sebastian, anytime, buddy, anytime, send me another one of these Spreaker uh, sound bites for any show. And I mean any single show. Maybe, you know, when, whenever it is, you, can, you are a part of this show as far as I'm concerned, my friend. You could be on any single show. Vikings versus Packers, Vikings versus Raiders, Vikings versus... Houston Oilers. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just making the name up. Like Cleveland Browns, you know, like an insignificant team type of thing. doesn't matter if they're the Patriots or the Browns. You know, you're welcome on the show. Mad Martin, you're absolutely welcome on this show. Um, others out there that want to send audio submission, you can do that too. Uh, send it into uh, Paladino Live at yahoo.com or at paladinolive at gmail.com. Probably, I, I prefer Yahoo just because they're, that way they'll all be there. But uh, certain exclusive people, they can send it to Gmail, I suppose. Yep, <laughs> Sebastian did. So that's totally welcome to do that as well because he's done that in the past. Um, I had something here, and it went away. Yeah, I went down. So at Purple Mafia at Yahoo.com, at Purple Mafia at Yahoo.com. Um, what happened? I'm losing it. There we go, Dave Hickey. So we'll start off with Mad Martin in case I didn't read it on the last show. He was saying amen to that one. Viking Super Bowl at home would be a fitting would be a fitting end for all those years of pain. I think I did read this, so I'll read it anyway. Mad Martin says, just finished watching at the Super Bowl. What a comeback by New England. Got to hand it to Tom and Bill, five-time champions, the GOATs. And yep, the greatest of all time. Want to thank Tanae, Tanae Brown and Vince Germano for retweeting the show. Tanae's out of New Zealand. Vince Germano is out of Australia. And Mad Martin's out of Northern Scotland there. Got just the coolest guy. You know, love you guys so much. Dave Hickey out of Iowa. Dave Hickey out of Iowa chiming up on Twitter. The Viking Lifer, at Vike Lifer, says, Have you heard any rumors that Teddy Bridgewater was traded in San Francisco? A friend at work told me that Cutler to Jacksonville, Romo to Denver. Now, Romo to Denver, I do believe. Cutler to Jacksonville? Maybe. And Sebastian's chiming back because I gave him a uh, very positive, very glowing message there after I finally got around to the, the speaker message and got going on the show. And uh, I apologize. This shouldn't have taken as long as it did. Dave Hickey continues on Twitter, says, I find it hard to believe given Teddy's injury. If it's true, I don't get it unless they offer the sun and the moon. And yeah, it's, uh, no, I don't think it's, I don't think there's anything to that. But Romo to Denver, I do think is that it's very possible or to the Houston Texans. Um, some people want Romo to the Vikings. Just you already have Sam Bradford ink for the year. You're putting all that money to Sam Bradford, so you kind of can't. You know, even even if you want to go with like say Romo's ten times better, Bradford sucks, but he signed. Bradford signed for fourteen million dollars against the cap. You can't do it. Um, so we'll go from there. We'll leave this other message alone. That's I don't know some inappropriate thing. Somebody, you know, it, should I say it? Yeah, I, I don't know. Somebody was tweeting pictures around about, you know, you know, like people, you know, how they do Simpsons, you know, like Simpsons artwork, like drawing people like real life people like Donald Trump or like whoever, you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, stuff like that. Well, they, they drew whoever it is, had Donald Trump in a casket. Like, really? Can we not do that? I mean, why is it OK to put president to suddenly put this president 
in the media with like anything with blowing up the White House or shooting people. It's just really yet other any any other president, they would be arrested. Like, why is it okay here all of a sudden? You know, why? So people like that should be just they should never be heard from again. Just banned like out. You know, you want to talk about killing the president? How about you just go go to hell? Seriously, that's all I got to tell you with that one. You can go to hell with with that. Let's move on. Uh, hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, look at this. I hate when Twitter gets flooded with all this nonsense. Uh, this many people liked that, and it's completely unrelated to anything I've typed on. Why do I want my whole <laughs> my whole timeline like just absolutely flooded with this nonsense? Uh, the grueling truth mentioned me a couple times, showing a different uh, draft and all that. So, do appreciate that very much. Um, yeah really do it yeah no thank you very much the grueling truth so hopefully they heard the show i'm not sure if they have but posting up mob drafts thank you again so much for that so that's the end of twitter already that was quicker than i thought but i suppose that's what happens at the off season facebook more than likely will have a little more going on i'm sure facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show and then of course there's also uh Facebook.com forward slash Vikings Haven. Facebook.com forward slash Vikings Haven. Do look that up on Facebook and give that a like. Give it a follow. Uh, a like is basically what it is, and it ends up following it. You know what I mean? But please do the same for Google Mafia Show. All this information will be in the show description. All right. So, <clears throat> yeah, this is going to be back and forth. The Super Bowl one, we lead off from episode 239. Gerald String out of Nebraska says, nice job on the Super Bowl coverage. I have to say I feel pretty horrible for Falcon fans, and I, I do too. Just imagine if the Vikings blew a Super Bowl in that fashion. Matty, as in Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, had an outstanding season. On the flip side, sometimes it's just awesome to witness true greatness. I was reading that Michael Vick is only 36. I was thinking 41 or so. Wow. will be interesting to see how long the 39-year-old Brady goes. Not sure he's done yet. We'll see. Congrats, Joey. I'm not a Patriots fan at all, but that will go down as one of the greatest comebacks ever. My Broncos pulled it off last year, so our backup teams are pretty darn good, and you're darn right there. Our backup teams are great. Yep, yep. His backup team is the Broncos, like you just said, Gerald String and me at the Patriots. Like, we have our second team and all that. So that's uh, one only one comment on that, but a great comment from Gerald String. Thank you very much. And I was talking about the Vikings released Brandon Fusco and Mike Harris, but now Mike Harris, I believe, has been re-signed. Not sure what's going on with that. Justin Shatava says it's like Christmas. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says because it has to change, we know it. Players know it. The coaches know it. Management knows it. Change. And yes, uh, why am I seeing Harris resigned again? Uh, no, no, he's cut. He, he's cut. Yep, I was looking at the wrong thing. I'm going crazy. And yes, Chad Greenway's retired. So very few transactions since then, but Chad Greenway was, you know, you could kind of tell he was going to leave by, uh, with his uh, post-game conversation uh, after the Vikings finished 8-8 eight eight against the Bears. You could kind of tell. That is not a speech from somebody that was possibly coming back next year. That looked like a guy who was on his way out, even though he could probably come back next year and be just fine. It's just he decided that it's time to go. He kind of he had his heart set on it. You can kind of sense that. Uh, had a nice career, of course, was injured at the uh, in the very first preseason game of his career. He says it's the third, third time he was on the field during that game. The third snap, we'll say, uh, that he actually tore his ACL during a kick return. So... Very unfortunate for Chad Greenway there, but luckily he was able to come back the next year, be decent, and get a bit better, 
and became very good. And then, of course, it seemed like he was on his own out there, and it made him look worse than he was and drew the ire of myself and others. And then when you brought in better linebackers, Chad Greenway looked freaking awesome, particularly in 2015. And he, it was fun, and 14 even as well. But um, God bless Chad Greenway. Definitely in a situational role last year during the course of time there when, of course, uh, of course, once you have a nickel back in there, you don't need to have uh, three linebackers. So that's the defensive set with that situation. You take out the linebacker, put in another cornerback. We all know what that is, the, the nickel back. Let's move on to Brent Jacobson out of Lakeville. He says if Harris is able to get back to football shape, he'd be a good guy to bring to camp for a shot. And it's possible. It's possible that may be exactly where things head. But And it also depends on how many linemen we're planning on bringing in. This tells me quite a few, and I think it's time to do that, bring in quite a few. Um, I was saying it's time for the annual State of the Vikings. Please list your 2016 Vikings MVP, biggest disappointment, biggest surprise for this past season, and brief descriptions why. Comment away. Sebastian Barton says, Surprise is Thielen, pretty obvious. Biggest joke, Treadwell, sat out injured in more games than he plays. Snaps at wide receiver, and I was saying MVP, and he says Kai Forbath. Very cool. Gerald Strings says MVP Thielen, easy pick. MVP off the bench, Daniel Hunter. Me, it was the MVP overall. I, I just, Daniel Hunter, I just blown away. Uh, Gerald's continuing with biggest disappointments. Play calling on third and short. Oh, God, it was bad. Uh, in particular, in the red zone, most people will say O-line, but you can't control injuries. You can control stupid, predictable play calling. Right behind that would be a potential first-round draft bust. Tread well. Not tread not so well. Yep. Don't tread on me, right? Oh! Okay, biggest surprise going 5-0 and still missing the leaping playoffs, which is like less than... It's single-digit percents. Single-digit percentage points for that one. Just, oh! Uh, almost as bad as having a 28-3 to lead in the third quarter of the Super Bowl and still losing, which has happened once. Yeah, it's happened once. <laughs> Dave Hickey out of Iowa says... For me, the MVP has to be Linval, Joseph, and Adam Thielen. Good good choices there. Surprise, Adam Thielen. And the biggest disappointment is the way the team finished after starting 5-0. And I'd like to take one more shot at Blair Walsh, even though he wasn't there all year. And Lakita, yep, Lakita Treadwell for not being good enough to see the field. That is pathetic, isn't it? Basically, it was an extremely disappointing year. You know, to start, and to start 5-0, and as good and precise as this team looked, and the defense is so dominant. And then to think you didn't even make it. It's just, what the? Oh. And, the and the key third, third and longs you couldn't get against Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, others. You know, Aaron Rodgers, whatever. That was a blowout game. But it's still annoying to watch to a point you just want to snap the TV in 15,000 pieces. You can't take it anymore. Get him down! Oh, Jesus. Criminy. Okay, I know, I know. I'm getting explicit labels. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah. Leland Albertson out of Savannah, Iowa. MVP. Adam Thielen. Biggest bust. Treadwell. Not even making a starter, much less getting on the field. Surprise of the year. Injuries decimating the team even before the regular season started. And what a telling fact that was with our buddy Teddy Bridgewater, you know, and all that positivity coming in and his accuracy was better on those deep passes. His passes seemed to be more crisp. <sighs> and they were they were stronger and more deep and more accurate and and then and then a non contact injury is just uh, hmm. I really I wish I could be a fly on the wall to see just how just how he's doing, Mr. Teddy Bridgewater. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I, I really do. I don't think he's a superstar, but I do like him. Trevor Wickerin shared a link on the MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven, of course, and I shared it to my page. 
as well. So Trevor Wicker, and that's the guy there that is kind enough to let me post Purple Mafia on that page, and I love posting on there as well. Uh, with other commentary, we talk back and forth in there. MN Vikings even encourage you to join that page as well as this one. It says, report Vikings insider claims Teddy Bridgewater is making big, big strides in recovery, and I'm praying to God that's true. Uh, Dave Vicky says, this is great news. I just hope he's able to come back at the end of the season next year and lead us on our championship run, and that would be the happiest story of all time. And there's only one way to end a curse, and that's the steepest hill up, the most difficult road possible. Down 3-0 against the arch rival, the, the team that's owned you for a century, the New York Yankees, and you come back and beat them with the Boston Red Sox 2004. 86 freaking years, 86 years, the better part of a century. A century, folks. Down 3 nothing. The Yankees have home field advantage, no matter what the situation is. And the Red Sox came back and won. That's the only way to end a curse. Cleveland Browns, down three games to three games to one against the Golden State Warriors. 73 wins. Oh, everybody thinks the Warriors are immortal. But they forget, this isn't Michael Jordan's team. Nobody would come back against the Bulls. Nobody. And they forget that LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers looked awfully good the year before. And they came back and took care of business and beat those cocky sons of... I hate the Warriors with a passion, and I enjoyed every second of that. Especially the seventh game, which was... Just crazy. Chicago Cubs down 3-1 to one against another team that was in a cursed situation. You know, it's like classic Cleveland Indians, so there was a little bit on the Cubs side, but still down 3-1. to one. But they also had to survive a San Francisco Giants team that was immortal in the playoffs with a guy, the best pitcher there is, and they beat him. The best playoff pitcher of all time at the, at the time until they took him out, they beat him. That being Mr. Madison Bumgarner, you know, and to be able to take off Madison Bumgarner, I almost forgot his name there, um, to be able to take him out the way they did, and then overcome a 3-1 deficit against the Cleveland Indians with home field advantage on the Indian side due to the whole all-star game, the American League won. That's, that's the only way to end a curse, is to overcome impossible things. To also overcome blowing a lead in the ninth inning on the road in the seventh game. Going into extra innings, every team loses in that situation. Every single time. But only once. That's the only way to end a curse, is to overcome the impossible. And if Teddy Bridgewater is able to come back and be healthy again at some point next year and lead this team into the stadium, U.S. Bank Stadium, open the gates, as they say, and lead him to a championship, that's a storybook ending to a curse. The curse ends with the ultimate ending. Winning at home. <laughs> That's a dream, man. You could tell. It's just, you know, it's a dream, but you never know. Maybe the Minnesota Wild will overcome hockey, the, the hockey drought here in this town. 50 years without a Stanley Cup. And yes, there was a seven-year tribulation. The North Stars were gone. The Wild weren't around yet. Literally a seven-year tribulation, but still, we'll still count it as 50 years, folks. That's a long time. Okay, 43 seasons, but 50 years without a Stanley Cup. That's a long time. Uh, we continue here as the Vikings won't exercise AI posted it up there at the, right at the end of February. Vikings won't exercise 2017 option on Adrian Peterson's contract, making him a free agent on March the 9th. That is to, that is Thursday. Uh, <clears throat> Maybe may about right when you're listening to this. <laughs> Justin Mayor Henry out of Colorado says, so happy to hear this. Let's build a line. And Dave Hickey says, I'm definitely on board with this. <clears throat> I'm sure AP will have a few more big runs left that will make highlight films but they will be surrounded by one yard and my one yard and negative yard plays that he's full of. I wish 
we could have traded him last season and gotten some draft picks, but at least we'll save a shitload of money and use it, like Justin said, to build a line for a championship team. And that's my hope as well. That's my hope as well. And I know it's quite a dream, but still, you finish 8-8 eight eight with absolutely no offensive line. That tells you that you have something there. And if you build some type of an offensive line, maybe, maybe something will happen. I mean, no offensive line. No offensive line, no running game. Even though Jarek McKinnon was okay, he wasn't that good. Uh, yep, Ricky Wagner conversation here as we head into free agency and all that. Where is everything? Wow, this is kind of a little bit on the busy side. Not too bad. These are the visitor posts, of course, and now I lost it already. Oh, yeah. That's a lot. Yep, lots of articles posted by Ali Siddiqui. I really appreciate those. Let's see if I can get a little more in here. Yeah, he posted a lot of articles. That they're all good, that's for sure, and I always recommend people to check them out. I don't know. These are keep going. I think we'll continue off of, yep, will Sharif Floyd be the next one out? Yep, that was a conversation. Could Brian Robinson ask to be a pay, for a pay cut? That's a possibility. So, yep, no other post, Billy, at this point. But, yeah, I mean, should the Vikings make Ricky Wagner their main target in free agency? I would like that if we can afford to do that. Uh, make or break year for Rick Spielman, yes. And, yeah, I, I can, I'll encourage you to check out Pro Football Spot, without a doubt. Pro Football Spot. Ali Siddiqui writes for the Minnesota Vikings on there. Really appreciate that. Uh, Nick Fairley is another possibility for uh, defensive tackle. Nick Fairley from the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, you never know. Maybe to help replace Sharif Floyd. Larry Warford as well. All kinds of names here. Brent Jenkinson says, Friendly tip for those who want to see U.S. Bank Stadium and don't want to pay the outrageous ticket prices for a Vikings game. There's going to be a lot of college and high school baseball games being played there over the over the month of March at U.S. Bank Stadium. So, yep, that's an interesting idea there. And, of course, the Vikings will have to sign Adam Thielen as well. That's another thing. Ali mentioning that. And Chad Greenway and Adrian Peterson. Yep, the way he wanted the Vikings. Adrian Peterson's father was hoping the Vikings would keep him. You never know. It still could happen. Uh, Captain Munnerlin's another possibility that could be on his way out. But will, will, will we keep him? Will we not? He's a free agent. We'll see what happens at that. Yep, and there was a decline. Russell Okun is another one. Yep, that's from the uh, Denver Broncos there. Russell Okun, another guard out there. Possibility for the Vikings. TJ Lang, you could go on forever. Yep, the five worst free agent signings in Vikings history. Those are funny. Like, Fred Smoot is number one, and I agree with that 100%. I, God, what a bum he was. He was so arrogant, too. It's always guys that are arrogant and full of themselves that end up being a joke, like Mike James for the Minnesota Timberwolves years ago. Talking all this stuff. Tell me what I do bad. What do I do bad? But yeah, Fred Smoot's rated number one. Madeo Williams, safety. Number two, Bernard Berry in wide receiver. What a... God. Number three, John Carlson, who did nothing. Number four, and Byron Chamberlain, who was... We thought he was going to be better than that, but he just wasn't, you know? He just wasn't. So, yeah, is what it is there. As we continue... <laughs> Joe... What is this? Jorvik Vikings Center. Yep, Return of the Vikings. Yep, new for 2017. And yep, and James Beck saying, let's hope so. I, I agree with you, James. Ali Siddiqui was talking about Chad Greenway there, announcing his retirement. The 10 best free agent Viking free agents in history. You know, there, there's there's always some... But, you know, free agency is kind of a crapshoot. It really is. I mean, you know, quarterback Brett Favre ranked number one. or Antoine Winfield number two. I agree with Winfield way up there. That guy was so helpful. Pat Williams was so valuable. My God, what a what a what a run stuffer he was. He was awesome. Steve Hutchinson was so viable until he started becoming oft injured. Linval Joseph, what a stud. Yep, number five. Ryan Longwell, number six. So valuable. Uh, 
where were we? Quarterback Reddell Cunningham. Yeah, that was totally random at the time, but very good. Vasanyshenko, what a valuable guy after he started out so poorly. Uh, Jermaine Wiggins is valuable back in the mid-2000s, and then Jeff George in 99. Valuable little guy, number 10. Now, he wasn't a little guy, but valuable little move there that ended up uh, saving saving the 1999 season. And then, of course, Dennis Green moved on very quickly to Dante Culpepper in 2000, as we all remember very uh, affectionately. That's always fun to look at. Yeah, Breaky Wagner. And that's it for the visitor post. So now let's get to the big part here. It is time to pass out the Purple Mafia Stars of the Year. Coming in at Bronze Star, we have three guys, three men coming in at the Bronze Star. Gerald Sring out of Nebraska, Mark Carlson out of Iowa, and Tony Coleman out of South Dakota. Silver Star, we have two recipients here as well. Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, Dave Martin, Northern Scotland. The Gold Star out of the Year is coming out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. Justin Mayer Henry, you are the Gold Star of the Year for the 2016 Minnesota Vikings Purple Mafia Show. Congratulations, and there it is. Gold Star of the Year, Justin Mayer Henry. Silver Stars going to Dave Martin, Brett McCarthy, Gerald String, Mark Carlson, and Tony Coleman rise to the bronze star as well. So congratulations to all of you. Six recipients total. Gold Star of the Year, Justin Mayer Henry. So active on that Facebook page during those in-games. And just, you know, always had some cool things to say. Never minced words, and I love that. Brett McCarthy, just so consistent all season and you know what that I mean it just I, I really appreciate that he kept those boards alive even on the most frustrating the most quiet days Brett McCarthy was there Dave Martin is just a gem to this show 2015 gold star winner Dave Martin 2014 gold star winner Gerald String just again a superstar out of Nebraska Mark Carlson 2012 the very first gold star of the year award winner and Tony Coleman Mr. Loyal and just awesome out of South, uh, South, South Carolina, South Dakota for so many years. And it's not just a loyalty thing here. I mean, he was on consistently during the course of the season. And he has stuck around with this show for so long, too, though. So it's a combination of things. South Dakota having two recipients this year. The first two South Dakota guys, both of them there this year. Dave Martin, Scotland, the very first international Gold Star winner. And then, of course, you have, uh, you know, so, but the very first one now going to Colorado. Minnesota st- still waiting on their first. The first two went to Iowa. It's funny. So, Minnesota, you you guys got to drop that Kool-Aid out there. No, I'm kidding. Sebastian Balls could be a Gold Star winner, too. And you know what? In a lot of ways, he's like a platinum star for the history of this show. He has just been unbelievable. Uh, he's been a great friend. Um, he, he he's all, Talk about a guy who doesn't mince words. So, again, thank you again, Sebastian. But definitely, Justin Mayer Henry, you are the winner for this season. Uh, he, he was a candidate last year. I do remember, I think I gave him a bronze star of the year last year. So not the first in the big trophy case, the big stars. You have the, you have the weekly stars during the regular season. But this is the big trophy. This is the Super Bowl trophy for Purple Mafia in terms of listeners out there. Yeah, listener awards until they start actually giving out awards like Sega Saturns or something. I need to say... <laughs> <laughs> and that's something Justin Mayer Henry's been collecting lately. You know, you see it on the timeline, Sega Saturn, NES, Super NES. I like it. Stay away from the new stuff, get the retro stuff, but I'm sure, you know, Justin Mayer Henry kind of likes every everything new and old. You know, 
yeah. I, I like the technology of the new stuff in terms of just being able to use it as a smart device so I could download retro stuff. See? See how it kind of comes back to that. It's also nice to be able to use Netflix on something newer, I suppose. It'll run quicker, that type of thing. But, yeah, we'll worry about that when the time comes. Um, if I ever do get something, <laughs> probably be Xbox One. And that's it. I don't know about that Nintendo Switch. I, I don't know. It looks weird. Zelda looks a lot smoother and a little bit less kitty, which I appreciate. The Wii, it's like... For it's like for twelve year olds and under. I mean, I don't know, and people get all excited about it. You know, I, I like the sports games, I suppose, but ah, whatever, whatever. Just look at that in television over there. The most beautiful thing you ever saw that that wood grain with the gold. You know, yeah, with with, with the gold kind of silver sticker look, metallic sticker. Then the wood grain Atari twenty six hundred. Let's stick with that. NES ColecoVision black with the silver the silver stickers. You know, lining on it. You know, it's kind of like an aluminum lining on that one. Uh, aluminum siding, right? ColecoVision. If the damn thing worked a little better, that would be nice. Kind of a flimsy old son of a biscuit, unlike the Intellivision and Atari, which you just put the cartridge in and works just like that. The ColecoVision is almost as bad as the NES deck before before you were wonder before you they brought out the wonderful top loading NES, which works like a charm. It's basically an American Famicom because I guess Famicom games work on it too, which is of course the Japanese NES. So a little bit of video game conversation at the end here. I even have an Odyssey two, if you can believe that. Those of you out there that might be retro gamers, an Odyssey two, yeah, yeah. How many people hear about that one? Not as much as the Atari or the Intellivision or ColecoVision. I mean, I got double vision here, man. I got Coleco and, and Intellivision. Just, I started collecting them years ago, uh, a couple years back, 2015, really. The Atari I got in 2012, though, though that one had issues. And then I got a, another one. I kept the cords from the previous one because the control deck or the control port was messed up on that, on that first one. And then got one, a uh, newer one in 2015. It works perfect. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that thing. Flawless. Just... That's an Atari right there. Just perfect. So, again, yeah, I had to get a little video game in there because Justin Rader Henry got me going on that with all the posts, all the collection he's going. So that's your Gold Star winner right there. A big-time Viking fan, not afraid to mince words. He'll curse his head off on occasion. And a uh, uh, mechanic there out of uh, Colorado Springs. I uh, had a lot of fun with the... Uh, I hope I'm saying the city right. I'm pretty sure it's Colorado Springs, just like Joe Kender there with the uh, the ID channels, uh, <laughs> Homicide Hunter, Colorado Springs. He's not from he's not from there, Joe Kenda, but he worked there forever. You know that's where he became Lieutenant Joe Kenda, detective for Colorado Springs Police Department. Woohoo! On ID Channel, yes, it became ID Channel much later when he when he wanted to talk about it, and yeah. Good for him there. So thank you again for all of you involved. Those of you, you know, Brent Brent Jacobson's got so many stars over the years too. And, you know, he is more than an honorable mention for this show. And I could say Dave, Dave Hickey's a gold star champion in the past. Um, you know, I'm, I don't like leaving anybody out. I mean, all of you guys are worthy of recognition. Leland out of Iowa. So many more. I could go on forever. Oh, I mean, I, I, Justin Chatava has got a crazy, but he's fun too. At the same time, I mean that in a, I mean that in an affectionate way. Ali Sidikai keeping the page alive during the quiet times and does a great job with the articles, and he's a nice guy too, locally here. Uh, thank you again. Uh, he, uh, yeah, I just want to thank all of you guys so much for being loyal to the show and keeping this thing going. Keep make Purple Mafia great again, or at least keep it great. Let's make it great. Let's go with the Ronald Reagan slogan. Yep, with uh, make it great, make Purple Mafia great. That's kind of how things started there with Ronald Reagan. So, because <laughs> I don't need to make it, I don't need Purple Mafia to make it great again because it didn't go down necessarily too much. So at least I, I hope it didn't. So 
we'll, we'll keep it great at this stage. Thank you again very much for everything. All of you, you make Purple Mafia great. All of you make Purple Mafia great. Can't thank you enough. Want to tell you all, take care. We'll be back to talk about free agency probably sooner than later, reviewing free agency, because I think something's going to happen real soon. And I'm glad I was able to get this out before something happened and then go from there. And yeah, free agency review, more draft, in-depth conversation coming up during the course of this month of March, maybe even early April. But yeah, something's going to happen. We'll get something. We'll get back on air much sooner than last time, I suppose. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you then.